with the mark. Not easy to hold it in ten pages, though. I want to talk to you a little bit about what God's been saying to me lately. Um, you know, I've been talking a lot about cities, nations, and you can see it's almost like judgments hit ever state. And not little things, big things. And God's been showing me for a long time. Sheila, do you remember when the plane crashed in Everglades and it actually disappeared? Everybody was killed. I'd been to Sheila's and preached, and I'd been all over Florida and preached. And I said, God, what do you want me to tell the people in Florida? And he said, you tell them unless their worship and praise succeeds the sin of the people, I will have to bring judgment on Florida. Now, I want you to think about that just a minute. Our worship and praise, why? God said the sins of the people comes up to heaven and stinks up heaven. It stinks his nostrils. I want you to think about that. How much sin there are and how often do we worship and praise him? Our worship and praise is like a sweet aroma to God. That's what it is. Even your giving is aroma to God. My, he told me that every time that I give, heaven would look down because they smell a rose. He said, I smell it. My giving's like a rose. And he said, Betty's giving again. Well, you know, that made me want to give. That made me want to give. So we're smelling up heaven. We're a perfume aroma to him. And he worships your praise. He wants your praise. He delights in your praise. So he is wanting you to praise him. Now, she was pleasing God a while ago. She got all y'all to praise him, didn't she? Praise God. That was good, and that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to lift our hands in admiration and worship him. My God, look who God is. Amen. Now, I'm going to take you through a lot of scriptures. Are you ready for this? It's all about taking our city for God. In Luke 21, 34 through 37, it talks about the end of time and to be ready and being about God's business and to pray. In Matthew 11 and 20, it says, Woe unto an unrepented city. Vermont is one of the most corrupt governments in the whole United States. Some of the people that are your leaders, and it's up to you to change that. You can change that, and what I've been doing is Everyone is not doing the will of God, and everyone is working against the church, against God, against his word, changing God's laws. I've been severing the root of mammon off of them. Mammon means money, love of money, but using it for evil. So they're using it to do evil, like turning cop cars over, 
shooting them and going into these stores and taking all this stuff and ruining people's business. You understand what I'm saying? That's what it means. Well, when you sever the root of mammon from them, they can't touch it. It cuts off the money from them. And they can't use it for evil. It's that simple. Just sever the root of mammon. I've been doing this continuously, but the Lord has been showing me the city after city after city, and you can judge by what happens in each city by how much sin, more sin is abounding there. And to keep his heaven from being tore up. Matthew 9 and 35 says the workers are few, but the harvest is big. Before bringing judgment on a city, God will look for a man standing for that city and findeth none, he says, judgment comes. The Lord showed me that judgment is like Set, it's a set motion, and it's like lightning, and it runs to and fro across the earth, and sin draws it down to earth. And our praise must exclude the sins of the people to keep the judgment off our city. You know, you should go around just praising God. You've got to praise God more than these people are sinning out here. And the best thing for you to do, if I can close down all the strip joints I ever worked in, and close down everyone in one city by binding, look what you could close down in your areas. So all it does is you just being serious about it. Anytime that we do anything without prayer first, we labor in vain. Where is your heart? And Matthew 6 and 19 says, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. Now, I want you to go pick up Second Chronicles and read it out loud for everybody. 7, 7.14. I went read out loud. Then I want somebody to go to Psalms 81 and 13. We're going to go about five here, scriptures here. Who's got my first one? I'll give it to you. Just go hunt it. Second Chronicles 7.14. We all know just about what that is, but I want you to listen to it. It's talking about you repenting. It's talking about being serious. It's talking about you fasting and praying for your city. We really, really need to do that. Every one of you should wake up every morning. First thing you should do is pray for the leaders. I do it every single morning. Every single day I pray for our country. I pray for my pastor. And I pray. Every single day for Israel. Every single day. I never let a day go by that I don't pray for Israel because I want peace in Miss Betty, in my body, and in my house. Amen? Go ahead and read it. You got it? Second Chronicles 7.14. My people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. God is telling you exactly what it's going to take before he heals the land right there. Humble yourself. The best and fastest way to humble yourself is fasting. That is the fastest 
way to get you humble because then what you have done is your your flesh is humble, your spirit's humble, your mind is because you're not feeding it. But two, you need to play the word of God because if you don't, then Satan's going to give you something and you'll run with what he's giving you. Okay, you got yours? Read it. Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel... Oh, that my people would listen to me, that Israel would walk in my ways. If you'll run reference, if you're rightly divided, what I'm doing here is rightly dividing the Word of God, letting you hear what God has said. If my people would just listen to me, He would have already healed our land. He would have already healed Israel if Israel would just listen to Him. And that's what He's saying to us today. If we would just listen to Him. Psalms 99 and 8. Psalms 101 next and 12. And Psalms 103 and 1. I need, which one did I say first? 99 and 8. Psalms 99 and 8. Who's got it first? Okay. Loud. Thou answerest them, O Lord our God. Thou wast a God that forgavest them though thou took vengeance on their inventions. Okay, who's got the next? These will take you some of you just listen. 101 and 12. Who's got 101 and 12? Is it Proverbs? No, Psalms goes to 119. I know it. I got Psalms 103 in one, even. Hmm? say maybe it's one read it and say one and two that's it praises now read the other one 103 and one within me, bless his holy name. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Okay. Who's written out your mind? The word says, so as a man thinketh, so is he. You're motivated by your thinking. Your emotions are guiding your thinking. 
actions will produce habits of who you become to be. God's word produces bodily, godly thinking. Godly thinking will motivate your emotions to practice godly habits and you will become godly man or woman. Now I want to go to Deuteronomy 20 and 1. The Lord who overcomes opposition. In Exodus 23, 27, and 33, let God confuse the opposition. Don't you like that? Well, God will do that against our enemies or against your state people if you will just pray. He will take over and do that. In Second Samuel, I'm telling you some of the things that about taking our city and what God has done and will do. Second Samuel five seventeen through nineteen tells us to pray for guidance in confronting the enemy. First, the Bible tells us to know who your enemy is. How can you fight an enemy if you don't know who the enemy is? And that's why I try to tell you who the enemy is. Number one, the enemy a trip is to cause you to doubt. He's trying his best. Faith only pleases God, so if he can get you to doubt, you see, you can't please God. Number two, God tells us to face the opposition with confidence. All heavenly force is backing you, and in Psalm 6 and 10, the enemy turned back in disgrace. Okay, Psalms 14, 4 through 5. God gives us his divine presence. In the time of trouble, number four, in Psalms 56 and 9, prayer, the word causes the enemy to retreat. It stops him. Number five, in Jeremiah 1, 17 through 19, to have no fear of opposition. Number six, Isaiah 8 and 10, protection against evil strategies. Number seven, Isaiah 45, one through three. No, you have a God who can level mountains. Eight, Jeremiah 20 and 11. The Lord is like a mighty warrior. Nine, Romans 8, 31. When God is for us, who can be against us? Number 10, Hebrews 13 and 16 tells us. Fear not what man can do. Deuteronomy 1 and 17. Have no fear of man. Fear is not. Listen to this real close. Have no fear of man. Fear is not sure of God's protection. Isn't that one? Isn't that scary? 1 Samuel 27 and 1. You want to read that? He's looking it up. I'll give you 10. 1 Kings 19, 1 through 5. Fearful of opposition. What does the Lord tell us about fear? If what you fear comes on you, do not fear opposition. Amen? Got it? 1 Samuel 27, 1. And David said in his heart, Now I shall perish. 1 and 2. Uh, someday by the hand of Saul, there is nothing better me than that I should speedily escape to the land of the Philistines, and Saul will despair of me to seek me any more in any
I shall escape out of his hand. Ezra 4 and 4. Fear tactics. September 11 was to scare the whole world to bring the fear. Want to bring into us the fear. We must never come into fear. If God be for us, who can be against us? Amen? Fear is a strong man of death. It draws death to you if you fear. In Psalms 138:7, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. And I really want you to this week's study, Psalms 91. This is my favorite scripture. I do this when I fly. I do this when I'm fearful or while anything's coming. I plead Psalms 91. Our school pleads Psalms 91 over us before we leave the building. Proverbs 30 and 5, every word of God is flawless. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. A shield covers you from head to feet, and nothing can penetrate the shield of God. Absolutely nothing can penetrate you. You see, I think our problem is that we do not believe the Word of God. We might believe it, but we don't know it, or we don't keep putting it in here. We don't keep thinking about it. We don't keep thinking that God has shielded us, and God said, I am your rear guard. He says, he's a flaming fire behind me, and Jesus says, I am your shield and your buckle, and Jesus is in front of me. Well, bless God, no matter how you come at me, you can't get at me, because glory to God, I'm shield, I'm buckle, and a holy fire is all around me, and if anything evil tries to come into me, it will burn it out. I choose to what God says, I'm going to walk in what God says, and I'm going to read it and read it and say it and say it and speak it and speak it over and over and over again. Glory to God. You know, I'm going to tell you what. This is how I really feel and really believe. You sound stupid if you want to, but I don't care. It works for me. I believe, and I'm going to do it. I love the Word of God. I love the Word of God. I love the Word of God. I worship the Word of God. I love the Word of God. Do you hear me? I love the Word of God. I want the Word of God. I want to hear it day. I want to hear it night. I want to study it. I want to see it. I want to speak it. And I believe. And I'm going to see that my body has enough of Word of God in it that any disease that gets on me, it's going to eat it up. It's going to burn it up. It can't stay on me. You understand, I'm more dangerous to it than it is to me. Amen. You've got to believe God is big. You've got to believe we have the creative power of God. We have what God said. He said, I can do even greater things than he did. My God, he raised the dead. Come on, he healed the sick. Woo! Hallelujah, honey. I tell you, I'm in love with Jesus. I, I, I just love it. I just believe so strong. I just believe God said nothing. Absolutely nothing is impossible with God. I believe that. God says gates of hell. Gates means hierarchies. The highest arches that Satan has shall not prevail against me. 
I don't care how big they are. Honey, I laughed. They ain't got no power. None of them's got power. Who's afraid? They have no power. Jesus stripped them, marched them down the street naked to let everybody know, to shame them, to let everybody know they had no power. He can't do one thing as long as you say clothed in Jesus. I think it all matters. I'll tell you, I got me a little condo. It don't take much to clean it. I can cook enough in one day to do me a couple days. I have all this time to read. I have all this time to praise. And I get to teach school two days a week. I'm in church four days a week. And I'm just hearing Jesus. I'm just eating Jesus. I'm just seeing Jesus. Glory to God. We're just having a good old time. I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. And I spend most of the time with Jesus. Glory to God. I'm going to tell you I'm in love. Amen. The biggest thing holding the church back is no knowledge of his word. Jose said, my people perish for lack of knowledge in Jose 4, 1 through 9. You know, as I read that, I perished until I started playing the word of God to myself. It started searching the scriptures. All of these storms, all of these things that's been happening is lack of God's word and people not living it. If you just know the word, you're eager to do it. My God, who don't want to do it? Who don't want all it tells you? It's exciting to live for Jesus. It's exciting to do his word. Praise God. Psalms 39 and 1, David said, I will watch my ways. I will keep my tongue from sin. I will put a muzzle on my mouth for as long as the wicked are in my presence. He don't want to speak anything the devil can use because we're either speaking for God or speaking for the devil, every word we say. So, who are you speaking for? Your mouth is a loaded gun and the words coming out of its bullets. So, who are you aiming at? Don't speak things the devil is listening. We speak things into being for him by not knowing discernment and God's word. In Psalms 81 and 13, if my people would but listen to me, if Israel would have fallen my ways, how quickly I would have subdued their enemies and turned my hand against their foes. What's God's word say to us? In Psalms 147, 15 through 18, tells us how powerful his word is also. Proverbs 17, 18 and 25. Would you read that? And over here, Proverbs 18, 15. And Proverbs 20, 22, and Proverbs 19 and 18. This is what I do all the time at 3 o'clock in the morning. He's got me reading this and looking this up. 
Is this cool? This is what me and God talks about. You like it? He shows me how to fight the enemy, so I'll tell everybody else. You tell a woman, she'll tell everybody. That's why he called me, i got a big mouth. Who's got Proverbs, the first one, 17, 18? A man devoid of understanding shakes hand in a pledge and becomes surety for his friend. You ain't reading that loud enough. 18 and 15. Who's got 18 and 15? Huh? Uh, Proverbs. Am I put... Uh, Am I saying Proverbs or Psalms? Proverbs. Uh, you got it? Proverbs mm -hmm. 17. You got 18 and 15? Read it. A man devoid of understanding shakes hands in a pledge and becomes surety for his friends. Okay, now 20, 22. 22, go back to 20 and 22 of it. He who has a deceitful heart finds no good, and he who has a perverse tongue okay. falls into evil. Die for lack of understanding. And in Isaiah 5, 12 through 17, Isaiah 6, 9 through 11, be ever sharing but never understanding. And then wisdom. I'm going to go on down uh, to... Um, Revelations 3 and 10, 11 and 12 says, Hold on. He who overcomes, I will make a pillow for in the temple of God. And we read Chronicles 2 and 7 and 4 and what God is saying now. If my people who are called by my name, powerful name Jesus, will humble themselves, get all uncleanness out so I can come near and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Who's he talking to? To do this, then I will hear from heaven. He said, my people who are called by my name, that's who he's talking to. And heal their land. Clean out your heart, your mind, your time, and draw nigh to me. That's what God's really saying to us. God is asking us to confess our sins as a nation. God is coming back for a clean body. He's not coming after one person. You must be part of the body, the church. James 4, 7, 8, God is saying, I want my people to draw near. We're in a war in Ephesians 6 and 12, a spiritual war. Let's go, get, let's go to David 9 and see how he prayed. Why? Why fast? Why study the Word? The Word of God is your weapon of war. God told you to skillfully use it. How can we if we don't know it? David in 714, And it was given unto David to make war with the saints. With the saints. Wait a minute, I ain't got this. And it was given unto David, and the Antichrist tried to make war with the saints, okay? And to overcome them. In Isaiah, Revelation 3 and 7, this is talking about a one world 
government. And in John 4, 27, 38, Jesus said, I have food to eat that you know not about. My food, check your heart now, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me to finish his work for the Father God. That's all Jesus did. He said, I have meat for you that you know nothing about. He wants you to partake of this food. He wants you to eat of this food and do what he did. He come to do just the will of the Father. He wants us to do that. Don't miss your visitation from God. It will bypass you. Now is the time of the Lord. This is a, vis- a, a visitation of enabling power for ministry. He says, I'm looking for faithfulness and leaders. I'm equipping gifts and ministry. This year, many ministers are coming together and are and our reach, outreach ministries and harvest time as I come to the will of my Father. Now, if you will take time to do the will of the Father. Amen? That's what he has sent us today, what he will do if we will be obedient to his word. In Romans 5 and 6, Jesus died for the ungodly. Hope is always expecting, eager, like, Sticking your neck out to see if it's there yet. You're supposed to be expecting God, expecting him to move. Okay, faith is is stuff. Things you hope for. Material things. Faith is the title deed for what you want. Confirmation. Faith is proof of what you cannot see. It is substance. It's stuff. John 1 and 3 says, All things were made by God. In Genesis 1, how did he make all things? Verse 3, God created. 26 and 29, and God created. God spoke words. All things were made by the word, by faith. Speaketh those things as though they believe they are. Vision them. See them. Believe them. And speak them. Let them be, and it was, and God breathed into a body, and a spirit was born. So now he has another speaking spirit. When he spoke into him, he made another speaking spirit. You are another speaking spirit for him. In Colossians 1 and 16, by him all things were created, and all by his word. Do you see how important his word is? I was asked... um, to come to the television station in West Palm, Palm Beach, wasn't it? That, this is the suit I bought to do it. And I did the fashion book completely and the strongman book. And he asked me this question, and I put it down here. He didn't ask me a Murphy. He asked me if they could... Take Palm Beach by praying, and I told him no. Why do you think I told him no? I'm going to prove it. You can't take anything just by prayer alone. Prayer is a communication talking to God. It's me and God talking to each other, okay? It's me also. He told you to remind him of his word. So if he's promised you something in the word, you can take that word and say, Lord, Right here, you said you would do this if I did this. Now, God, uh, let's say uh, tithe paying. 
God says if I pay my tithes, that he'll devour the devour for my sake. He said that my cabinets will be full. I'll never go hungry, doesn't he? So I can take that, Lord, I'm a tithe payer. Now this you promised me. You have to provide me with food because you promised this. You are not a God that you will lie. He said to tell him about his word, and I do that. But you've got to know his word before you go to God and tell him about his word, don't you? Okay, let's see who took a nation by just praying. I don't know any, but I know that Esther fasted that she could save the Jews. And I know that everybody in the Bible that took a nation, I got them all lined up or I'll come to them after all probably, but I don't know anybody. Daniel, he fasted and prayed for his nation. And we see all through the Bible that unless we humble ourselves, then God said, if you want me to heal your land, then you're going to have to humble yourself and quit sinning. Okay, the Bible says that you're to abide in the word. You're not to let leave your ears, your eyes, or right? Well, do you do that all day? You're in disobedient if you don't. I want to. I want you to get serious with this. I'm going to tell you, when I come back from hell, I got serious. I got real serious. You can plant your car. You can plant your house while you're cooking. You can plant at nine while you're sleeping. You don't want to drive sickness out of your body. You want to get your body well. You want to start talking about God. You want to start acting like God. You want to walk like God. You want to do like God. Then put God in you. Multiple. Don't play around with it. You're going to preach the gospel, put the gospel in you, be the gospel. Amen. God's wanting us to walk in word. He's wanting us to walk in it. He's wanting us to have the faith to believe and not doubt in our hearts. Well, if you keep the word in you, and if you don't pray for your leaders every day again, you've sinned. I want to tell you how serious that is. We prayed for a solid week at our church. Every first of the year, we come to the church, and the whole church comes and prays for everything the church needs. Are you with me? For each, the, president, the pastor, the next pastor, the next pastor, the children, the school, everything we pray for all week long. And Pastor held out last because he knows I pray for the nation every day. For me to pray for the nation of Israel. And I get up, and here's what God told me. He said, before you can do that, you've got to rebuke him. I said, oh, God. I wanted to cry. I said, Pastor, I'm sorry, but this is a part of my calling that I don't like. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I have to rebuke that. He said, what for, ain't Betty? I said, God said, our whole week of prayers was null and void. Because we rebelled against the word and didn't pray for our leaders first. I said, God, why is it so important that I wake up early and I pray for my leaders before I do anything else? Your president is the only one that can push that button that can send a missile to blow another country up and they can blow us up. And he said, you're to pray 
to bind the devils up of them and the retaliation that they won't do that and that my spirit will be upon him this morning and all the principalities and powers in the heavenly that is trying to rule this world through our rulers, you bind it and pull it down so it can't activate in our leaders first. So you will have peace in that day. And I'm not going to give you peace unless you pray for Israel because I want peace in Israel and you're my handmaiden to do it. Now that's what he told me. My church gladly, pastor and all, repented and we prayed for our leaders. But I want you to think about it. All you pray for all day, forget it. You didn't pray for the leaders. You didn't pray for his beloved wife. Israel is God's wife. Would you like it if you told people under you to pray for your wife, they didn't respect you at all, didn't do it, you wouldn't like that very much, would you? Especially if she needed it, and she could be annihilated if they didn't. You see how serious this is with God? We need to take it a little bit more serious, don't we? Amen. So I want you to, I want you to just think about these things. You see? I spend a lot of time with God and a lot of time in the Word. I see the seriousness of this. You're God's spokesman on earth. You're His power on earth. Jesus left you behind as His ambassador. He told the church, I've took the power back from Satan and I'm not taking it to heaven. Here, you go do the works that I've done and even greater works that I've done you can do. And instead, you go in the church and let the world rule the world and the world is sinful and you let it rule. You give it back to the devil just like Eve. It's time for you to be president. It's time for you to run Congress. It's time for you to be in the Senate. It's time for you to elect Christian people that has the power. These people do not have the power, the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding, the revelation to run something that God created. And as soon as we find out, as soon as we do something about it, we will see a great miracle. Amen. I'm going to tell you, if I was educated, I'd run for president. Glory to God. You get anything yet? I'm going to burn you a blister. That's <laughs> what we used to say. Woo! Glory to God. Moses fasted 40 days to deliver Israel from bondage. Amen. Huh? What you like about me too? Saying that. Number two. Daniel fasted and prayed for his nation. Three, Esther prayed and fasted to save her, save the Jews. Number four, Deborah fasted and prayed. She heard from God and war, won the war by her faith. She listened to God. Five, Jesus fasted 40 days to save the whole world, you and I, and he only had three years of ministry. And look what he accomplished. What are we accomplishing? Amen. Oh, Lord, help us, please. Now, 
Jesus fasted 40 days that he would do God's will. Jesus said, only do what the Father tells me. Number six, when you see signs and wonders, you will see a man who fasted. Number seven, Korea fasted and won South Korea. Over a million their church, the whole nation's been won by one church fasting and praying. Eight, new beginnings. I, Jesus said, when my people, church, quit sinning and turn from their wicked ways, humbles, fasting humbled you, then, only then, and pray, then will I hear from heaven and I will heal their land. America can and will be saved if we'll push back from the table, as God said. When you push back from the table, I come nigh you. That's what God said. The less food you eat, the more closer to God you are. We see Seoul, Korea. Not only were their nation, did they win their nation to Jesus, they changed their God to Jesus. Dr. Cho's family was Buddhist. Mama Choi's mom was a Buddhist. And they started fasting and praying, and God moved over career. Now God is telling me, he will do this to a miracle, drive out other gods if we fast and pray. Now I want to tell you what spirit is over uh, America, and this spirit, big spirit that is over the Muslim is a jealous spirit. They're jealous of us. So jealous is a strong man of death. Uh, murder, and it wants to murder us. Fear is a strong man of, what you fear comes on you. So if you fear things, it'll come on you. And Ezekiel, Ezekiel is saying, God took me to Jerusalem, to the entrance of the north gate of the inner court where the idol that provoked jealousy stood. And there before me was the glory of God of Israel as a vision I had seen in the plain. Then he said to me, Son of man, look toward the north. So I looked, and in the entrance north of the gate of the altar, I saw this idol of jealousy. So I want you to know that uh, jealousy is the big thing that we're dealing with totally in America today and in all that's going on, even in segregation. I want jealous of the other. It's causing murder. And, and but if we bind that spirit, we sever the root of mammon, and we bind that jealous spirit, it is a big thing that right now, the big one that is over it, it is the fear. And now because of all the things that's happening in every nation, fear has come up on every nation of what's coming next. People's hearts are failing them. We're in the end time, and it's time that we fast and pray. It's time that we wake up. It's time that we learn the word of God. It's time that we fight the enemy. Amen. It's time that we... Do something. Jesus Jesus actually departed them. It's up to us to keep them departed. The only power they have is your mouth or your body. So he is trying to use you. If every Christian in the nation would shut down and not let Satan use them, he wouldn't have no power. We Christians are the only one that has power. So we're the ones letting the devil do things. We're the ones not stopping him. But we need to get on with it. and We need to do something about it. Are you with me or are you not? Am I telling you the truth? Is this the word of God? So it's time that we wake up. It's time that we start doing something for God and get our minds off ourselves. Amen. Glory to God. 
You know, I don't let my body tell me what to do. I almost killed it because I wouldn't let it tell me what to do. But I'm going to tell you, you don't let it have its way, or you do, you're going to be in hell like I was. My body took me to hell, and you think I'm going to listen to it? You think I'm going to listen to the thoughts in my mind? Mm -mm, I'm binding them suckers. Hey, where do you come from? You're in the past. You get back in there. I'm not fishing. Amen. Everything I've ever done is in the sea of forgetfulness. I've been forgiven. Come on. I'm not going to let those thoughts bother me. I'm not going to be oppressed. I'm not going to think about nothing that's bad. I'm going to think about good things. I'm going to think about heavenly things. I'm going to think about me and Jesus. I'm going to think about rejoicing. Amen. I want to see people free, but most of all, I want to see people know the truth. I really want people. I, I just feel so sorry for people that don't know the Word of God. Church, listen. I have no idea how many people I've ordained. I stopped at 3,000. Counting. I don't know anymore how many churches I've started. I know I've started over 50 Bible schools and they went two years and I ordained every one of them. Through that, you really, really, but I want to tell you what I've heard everywhere I went. Every last person ever been one of my schools said, we've been in church all our lives. We have never, ever heard anything like this. And it's the word of God. We're reading it right from the book. You know why? We have a calendar. And we go by the calendar. We're either preaching about Christmas or we're preaching about Thanksgiving or we're preaching about something. But we're never really getting down to the nitty gritty of the truth of the word of God. You sat in my school. Don't they say that? The place say that. There are teachers that's been in there that's been through school after school and are college educated, and they too been there 30, 40 years and have never heard what I'm saying. Tim told me, my, my pastor, who is my nephew, told me, Ain't Betty, I graduated from college, Assembly of God Bible College, and I don't know what you mean. I find... A lot of colleges, this is what happens. I used to teach for Christian retreat, and I went to Morsarala. And this is what Bible college is like. They would bring me in, and I had to teach either on spiritual warfare, prayer, or fasting. Those were my three subjects. I would be there for three days and teach her school for three days on those three subjects. Sheets would come in and preach on intercessions. Y'all know him, don't you? He was back there, and Jamie Buckingham, I forgot what he preached on now, I believe it's faith. But all of us would come in, and what happens is someone comes in, whatever their best subject is, they would come in and teach that in the school, that school. No one through the book like we go through it, not get down in the nitty-gritty and really doing it. But not only are we doing the school, it's a at our church, every three months, I'm taking them on a fasting retreat for three days. 
And for those three days, you've seen the other morning just an hour or two. How would you like to have me teach like that for three days? We stop long enough to pray, and we stop long enough to get on the floor and travail and do warfare. But for three days, that's all you do. You don't eat. You just drink water. They, went, they was in it, wasn't they? Sheila's been in it. Karen's been in it. Karen plays for me. You should have a fasting retreat up here, the whole church. Just come in here. You lay around if you get tired. You should have a fasting retreat every three months, and you will see things breaking in this city. You'll see things breaking around here. You'll see things changing. You'll see finances coming in. You'll start seeing your loved ones get saved. It just takes you doing it, and you need to do it. Because that's what it's going to take. Jesus is coming soon. Either you're going to be ready or you're not going to be ready. How hard are you? Ask yourself. Jesus says, I'm coming back after a hot church. Okay, let me show you something. Every one of us is hooked to Jesus' head if we're church. What part of the body are you? If could my whole arm... Be cold. Would it affect the rest of me? Hmm? If you're not hot, you affect the rest of the body. And listen to this. If you're not tired, then it brings a thief into the state. All of these things. God wants you to be his. Listen, you're hooked to Jesus. What's going to come from the mind of God? If you're hooked to Jesus, what's going to come down into you? Just think about being, having the head Jesus on you. It's his brain. It's his thoughts. It's him all in you coming down, perfecting you. And that's why he wants you to be in the church where you can get perfected. The church is for perfecting of the saints. And if you're not here, you can't get perfected. You can't live outside. You can't say, well, I decided. I'll tell you something. You're talking about the baptism. Somebody was. One is Jesus baptizes you into the church. You don't have a choice. He places you, he bursts you into a church and baptizes you into that church and you're hooked on to him, the head. You don't have a right to leave the church. You want to know the truth. You're saying, my finger says, I just decide I'm not going to live with you, Betty. I'm going to go somewhere else and get on me another body. Well, I don't think you can. Now that finger goes up yonder and tries to live so low, it dies. And you know what the thing jumps up and down? Woohoo, I got her now. Then he takes over the whole finger. Takes over the whole person. He wants you alone. He wants you to get out here by yourself so he can bring every thought and imagination. So he can attack you alone. You ain't got nobody to fight you now. You ain't got the rest of the body to protect you. And it's how Satan works. is try to steal you or try to tell you a lie or bring a thought or imagination to you. Even try to get you to even get offended for it. Listen, 
Offense is a demon. It is a spirit. You can refuse to be offended or you can take that spirit in you. But if you do, you'll be sorry you did because it'll torment you until you get rid of it. And you can't get rid of it. You have to ask somebody to cast it out of you because you accepted it. You've got to be careful what you accept. You've got to be careful what you say. You've got to be careful about these things. But it's God's bride. What's God doing? He is perfecting you in this church. He's perfecting his bride. And he's going to come back after that bride that's been perfected by the washing of his word. And that's what this word that I'm talking about to you is all about. You getting in it and letting it do the work in you and perfecting you until you just fall so in love with Jesus. That he just come down all over you and every area of your being, he permeates. You're going to be so happy when he drives everything out of you and you're that perfect bride for him. So, Amen. Don't you want to be that perfect bride? Well, get in all the word you can. Amen? Glory to God. I want you to know I love you very much, and I want you to excel. I want you to take on that word and fall in love with that word like I have. You're going to live with him forever. You better start loving him down here if you want to live with him up there. Amen? Church, I want to be honest with you. I, I'm concerned. I'm really concerned because I don't think people really take God serious about his word. Now, if I was kicked out of heaven because I didn't know the Bible, I hate to think about what the church is going to be like. You have to know the Bible yourself. It can't come through just the preacher. I thought that if I heard the preacher on Sunday and Sunday night and Wednesday night, I'd go to heaven. Uh-uh, I didn't know Jesus. Why? I knew of Jesus. I knew they told me about him. But I ain't met him myself because I ain't got in him and I ain't read about him myself. I ain't tasted it. I'm going by what I hear. How can you trust your salvation to one person? You're deceived every day by somebody. How do you know you can trust anybody with hell or heaven? Are you crazy? Think about that. Serious. And I learned my lesson. You see, our flesh don't always want to hear the word. Our flesh don't want to get up at 3 o'clock when God wakes you up. and You can't sleep and you have to go get that notepad and you have to get that Bible. You have to turn on the light for the next few hours something. Oh, God, I just got in the bed. Can we wait? You'll forget it. Get your pen. Get your pencil. Ask God one time, why 3 o'clock? He said, well, by 3 o'clock, all the sinners and the devils has quietened down so we can talk quietly. There's not as much retaliation to stop you. I don't get as much retaliating trying to stop me from reading the word because it's quietened down a little bit by 3 o'clock. You want to know that's what he told me. So I don't really mind. I love getting up at 3 o'clock anymore because God gives me I write like this all the time. I got books and books and books and books and books. 
I've got a case of books like that I wrote in. God just telling me things, and I write it down and keep writing scriptures, reading the scriptures and writing it down. You do the same thing, don't you? Church, I want you to do something. I do this every single day for my pastor, and I want you to do it. I want you to pray like you never have for your pastors. You're supposed to pray for them. I want you to pray for them. I want you to pray for each other. But it's very important that you every day obey the Word of God. You should pray for your leaders, your president, Congress, the Senate, and the Pentagon. Then I come down to all of our governors, your police force, your sheriff's service, all of that. The Pentagon is where your federal is, FBI, and all of those people are. So you're covering all of your government leaders whenever you come down. I was a clergy for 25 years for GOP, and I had to pray for all of these. So I started writing out forms of who I had to pray for and scriptures, how to pray for them by praying the Word of God. But God wants you not only to pray for them, but he wants you to pray for your pastors. They will be whatever you pray. If you don't pray, God has to withhold. Because you're not faithful, he has to withhold your word. The word that he wants to give you because you're not faithful and you're not ready and the word of God's a consuming fire and if they brought it and you're not ready, it would consume you. And sometimes he has to hold back on us ministers because we'll consume the people. Some people don't mean preachers are people afraid I'll burn them up. Because if they're not ready for it, if you're on milk and I come in here with a steak, a girl told me, said, Betty says, you're too hard on your husband. Said, you've done crammed the steak down his mouth, got another steak in your hand, he's done turned blue. <laughs> you're choking him to death. You've got to give him milk. I never thought of that. She told me that. <laughs> so sometimes we do that. But I love you with all my heart. Father God, I've obeyed you. I've told him the word, Father, and I know how much just how much, that this state really needs prayer. But I know that it can't be done without fasting because I see what fasting does and I see how it does stop the enemy in her tracks. I see the power that rises in it when you do it in a country or state. Father, I've seen how we fasted and prayed and everything we needed come into Prayer Mountain. Not only did 500 people come in, the monies come in, the buildings come in, everything come in. But we didn't cease fasting and we didn't cease praying, ever. We had somebody fasting and praying 24 hours a day. And everything came in and was accomplished. Now it's huge. And Father... I just thank you that this can happen right here in this place with these people if they'll be obedient to what they've heard tonight and do as I've asked them, Lord. You sent me here to do this. Now, I have spoken your word, and I ask you to manifest it in them and let it go forth and let it do in them what you sent it to do in Jesus' holy name.
Father, open their understanding, give them wisdom, knowledge, revelation, and discernment. And Lord, I give you the glory and honor, and I thank you for the privilege of being able to speak to them again. In Jesus' holy name, everybody say, Amen. Thank you, Lord. We honor the word tonight. We honor the word of God.